Good morning, Monday, July 31st, 2023. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Cantor Managed ETF Portfolios. This is my weekly economic and market commentary for use by all of you. It's also available as a podcast. You can tell your Amazon or Alexa or Apple podcast or whatever player you use to just play Herb Morgan's podcast or play slaying bulls and bears. We try to make the complex and complicated as simple and sensical as we possibly can. This presentation you are seeing and are hearing is prepared by us, Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. It is for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained herein should be treated as investment advice or a recommendation for the purchase or sale of any security. This is purely for informational purposes. Okay, just another phenomenal week adding to an outstanding year uh, for investors. You know, Fed keeps raising interest rates, the Fed keeps draining liquidity from the system, inflation is still above target, there's a war in the Ukraine, and stock market grinds higher. So for those people that were really smart strategists, including those in my firm and others, correctly predicted a lot of the things that are happening, but they may have incorrectly predicted the price of equities. And it really speaks to the folly, ultimately, of market timing. You can get the call right on earnings, the call right on the economy, the call right on the Federal Reserve, and the market can do something entirely different. It speaks to the fact that uh, being in the markets for long periods of time making small, minor tactical adjustments and not making big, bold, all-in, all-out moves is probably a good strategy for many, many people, if not everyone. If we had decided to get out of the market uh, late last year or early last year, uh, we'd be really regretting that um, today. So S&P up about a percent last week. Emerging markets really rising, 285 and a lot of emerging markets is driven by uh, China. China is the biggest component to the emerging market index. The Chinese Communist Party had their uh, policy meeting and party meeting over the last week or so. And the information that we're getting, it's not perfect information, but the information that's coming out of there suggests more market-friendly, investor-friendly, consumer-friendly, economic growth-friendly uh, policies uh, coming out of there. And so we saw a nice little rally there in emerging markets uh, in general and China in particular. Uh, bonds were fine last week, although a little bit of a, uh, a hike up on the longer end saw the 20-year Treasury index uh, down close to 2%. The economic data was virtually perfect across the board last week. Very little uh, in the way of surprise negative. And let's just go through it quickly here. Uh, S&P Global's U.S. Manufacturing PMI for July. Remember, I've said, you know, incorrectly that we entered recession back in March. I'm not going to say that any longer uh, because I saw the manufacturing numbers. Manufacturing has been below 50 for a significant period of time, but we're now close enough to 50 to suggest that even manufacturing may be starting to recover. We're not at 50. We got to 49.0, but that was well above the 46.2 consensus estimate. 
follow up the S&P Global Manufacturing Survey, about 15% of the economy, with the Services Survey, about 85% of the economy. It fell from 54.4 to 52.4, but that's still expansion. So it means the services sector of the US economy grew in the month of July, despite the higher interest rates, despite the Fed balance sheet runoff, despite the credit tightening for regional banks, all of that uh, not enough to slow down, uh, well, slowing down, not enough to turn economic growth negative uh, in the United States. And housing, which had been in a bubble from the essentially zero interest rates, has managed to achieve the soft landing, um, unlike the 08 situation. The FHFA uh, house price index was actually up in May. It was up more than expected. It was the second straight month. And home prices are 2.8% higher than a year ago. And somehow, uh, people are still finding ways to afford, buy, occupy homes, despite higher interest rates. Higher interest rates are a deterrent for many people, but not for all people. And so we are seeing uh, demand for housing remain very strong. Part of the reason is supply is constricted with higher interest rates, makes it difficult for builders to obtain construction loans, or they may not have as much willingness to um, take on high cost construction loans. So constricting supply of housing is keeping prices higher. We saw similar information come out of the S&P CoreLogic Home Price Index. That was up about 1% after gaining 1% in April. Now, instead of being up 2.8% year over year, the S&P number is actually down 1.7%. So if you put the two of those together, you can say that housing is, is you know, housing inflation is moderated for sure. It's probably you know, flattish year over year. Um, so much better than would be expected with the significantly higher interest rates and less availability of capital. Speaking of uh, residential real estate, new home sales um, fell 2.5% in June, but that was after a big gain in May. And you can see the trend. Uh, let me highlight that little trend so you can see the high, highlight of the trend going higher there. Coming in close to 700,000 annualized pace estimate was for about 725. May, May was still high at 6%, but originally reported at 12. So they revised that a little lower. That's new home sales. Pending home sales rose three tenths of a percent. The estimate was they were going to be down about a half a percent, um, but they are, the pending home is down significantly uh, year over year. That is likely due to the supply constraints uh, the higher interest rates combined, uh, people who are in homes who would have been trading up don't want to trade up because they may have a 3% mortgage and they don't want to trade up and go to a 7% mortgage. It's just kind of the way it makes sense, of course. Consumer confidence is measured by the conference board and the University of Michigan both came out last week. Uh, here from um, conference board, July confidence went from uh, uh, rose from 110 to 117. That's a, that's a two-year high in confidence. Uh, that has a lot to do with seeing inflation numbers come down with the strength of the employment. The bottom line is the consumer is out. The consumer is out in force. Uh, they are spending on, um, on events and entertainment and consumption in a very, very big way in the United States. The University of Michigan's version of consumer sentiment or confidence also saw, saw a big surge, went from 64.4 to 71.6. Now that was, it was estimated to be even higher, but this is, again, we haven't seen anything this, this high in over two years. 
So despite the slowdown in manufacturing, um, despite the calls from many smart folks uh, that a recession was coming, despite bank failures, which is almost historically in my mind, it's a guarantee almost of recession, um, no recession has occurred. Moving on, weekly initial claims for unemployment. As I've always said, below 300 is a strong labor market. Uh, down in the 200 level, low 200, below 200 is an ebullient uh, labor market. Weekly initial claims fell to 221 uh, last week. We had a little pickup here earlier this year, so I thought, okay, we're going to cross above 300 and get into a mild recession. Never happened. Continuing claims continued down about 1.69 million. Then the big, big whopper last week was a GDP report for second quarter. And if we had entered a recession in the second quarter, you would have think it had been very low, or you could back out you know, the government spending component, which is pretty high, and see if CapEx or consumer spending, and just not the case. So second quarter G GDP, the estimate was for 1.8, actually came in very significantly higher at 2.4, on top of a first quarter gain of 2%. Personal spending, so this is not you know, sort of artificial stimulus, government spending, transfer payments. Personal spending was up 1.6% uh, in the second quarter. Uh, Non-residential fixed investment CapEx gained at the fastest pace in more than a year. And now it's sort of being argued that a lot of the excessive stimulative spending from the fiscal side, the government, uh, back during COVID, really could have been crowding out the private sector to a certain degree. And now with that sort of being absent a little bit, uh, private sector is coming in strong. Equipment outlays were up 11% and uh, higher spending on intellectual property. Uh, durable goods orders joining the rally. You can see this is normal, very normally very volatile. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. But now we've got one, two, three, four consecutive months of higher durable goods orders. Durable goods orders are up 4.7% in June. Uh, takeout transportation, which is big and can skew the data, up six-tenths of a percent. Um, it's just all around, just, you know, the reports keep coming in, essentially good. Moving on to personal income and spending for the month of June. Personal income up three-tenths of a percent, personal spending up five-tenths of a percent. Again, great, great data. And of course, the big fear was inflation. And here's a chart on PCE, personal consumption expenditures. This is a measure that the Fed likes to use when talking about inflation. June PCE, P PCE price index up two-tenths of a percent um, and is now up 3% year over year. Well, the Fed's target is, is two for core. Core PCE was up two-tenths and is now up 4.1% year over year. The headline moves faster. See, it went up faster. That's the blue it is coming down faster. The red is core. It's designed to smooth out some of the changes. It's not designed to hide any data from this, us economists or us investors or consumers, but it is pulling that red down. It will continue to pull that red down. And most economists look at that and say, yes, the Fed's tactics are working uh, really without, without question. And the fact that the economy has slowed more or entered recession is truly um, Truly remarkable, really. Uh, earnings, um, we've got about half the S&P is now reported, about 252 names. 203 of those have beat. Uh, that's a pretty significant percentage. We always get that because analysts tend to um, 
sort of, you know, get down lower right ahead of earnings. And then they sort of guide high, they, you know, they listen to the guidance and then move it higher afterwards. But uh, you can see here the earnings surprise uh, about 6% and across the board, you look at some of the sectors, look at consumer discretionary. If we're in a recession, consumer discretionary is the first thing to go, right? The things we don't need, they're discretionary. <laughs> um, look at tech, 7%. Communications, which is tech, up 7.5%. Industrials, 7% almost. Materials, you know, energy, prices coming down, even energy earnings were positive. And they shouldn't be with prices coming down. So um, this is all, you know, again, strong, um, positive stuff here. Uh, and then earnings estimates continue to uh, go higher. Um, you know, we, we, my own firm has a report out this morning suggesting this can't last. And they, they, have a very, they make very logical points. But as companies report and guide, analysts turn, and we're back above $230 a share on blended forward PEs. It's uh, $230 in blended forward earnings estimates. So yes, the PE is high, given you know, the fact the S&P is up 20% for the year. So could it correct 10%? Sure. Is that a reason to sell your stocks? I don't think so. Uh, I think that the economy is good. The economy is strong. Um, you stay the course. You accept that these um, pullbacks will occur. And I think we're probably likely to see one before the end of the year. But I certainly don't want to sell and risk not seeing one because that is where you do the damage uh, to, a, to the portfolio. The other big news last week, of course, was the Federal Reserve met the FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee, and they increased their target Fed, Fed funds rate to, to, a, to a high range of 5.5%. And the news and the commentary now is that, look, the downside risk to growth are now equivalent to the upside inflation risks. In other words, the risk of inflation going higher has diminished greatly, uh, and the risks to, to growth sort of slowing down has increased somewhat with all the rate hikes, with the balance sheet runoff, with the failures of the banks, et cetera, but it hasn't happened. So inflation does remain elevated, but significant progress has been made. The trend is in place. We don't need further rate hikes to get inflation to continue lower. It should continue to do that on, on its own. Therefore, all future meetings are data dependent. We'll wait and see is what they're saying. If the economy slows, we have now room to cut interest rates. If inflation accelerates, well, then we can raise interest rates. And so we've almost got to the proverbial Goldilocks economy. Uh, now, the futures markets are showing only a 37% chance of another rate hike. Uh, but then by May, so we're, you know, we're, we're tomorrow's August 1st, um, by May of next year, uh, the market's actually pricing in a cut. So the market's saying there's still this downside risk to growth. We're going to see it. We're going to see deceleration. And therefore, the Fed has now ammunition, fuel to cut rates. So we'll see if that happens. Moving on, data this week, lots of it. Earnings this week, lots of them. We've got Chicago PMI this morning. We've got the final S&P manufacturing uh, and ISM manufacturing for July. Construction spending jolts or job openings, which remain high, which is why the consumer is so strong. Auto sales. And then we've got the July employment reports on Wednesday and Friday. ADP, of course, on Wednesday and Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday. 
weekly claims, productivity, labor, lots of data, service sector, both expected to be above 50 factory orders. Big week for data, big week for earnings. I expect relatively good things based on everything that we've seen happening. So go out and do something fun this week. Enjoy it. Don't worry about the economy or the markets. Um, and uh, subscribe to the podcast, please, uh, on, uh, on Amazon or Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to Spot Podcasts. Thanks again. I'll be back to you again, of course, in one week.